Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Grizzly Bear Blues Live. I am your host, Joe Molinax. I will be joined here momentarily in this abbreviated episode of the uh, of the show. Uh, one segment this time around with my great co-host, Parker Fleming, talking about the Portland Trailblazers game that is going on today. Yes, today the NBA season gets back underway for the Memphis Grizzlies. Obviously, last night you had the Pelicans and the Jazz squaring off and then the Clippers and Lakers in the second half of that national doubleheader. But now it is Memphis's time to shine and the race to the playoffs begins. Uh, ways to get in touch with the podcast. You can follow GBB Live on Twitter at GBB Live. You can follow me on Twitter, the site manager of grizzlybearblues.com, Joe Mullinax at Joe Mullinax. You can follow the blog that we all work for and uh, through and care so much about Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies. And you can follow my buddy, my pal, my chum, my associate editor, or one of my associate editors and co-host of GBB Live when his very busy schedule allows for it to happen. Mr. Parker Fleming, our dream has been realized. With this episode, we literally had a podcast every day this week. We had the starting five with their uh, debut show on Monday. We had 3 and D with me and Matt Moore and Justin Lewis, uh, the host of 3 and D, did a great job getting Matt Moore at HP Basketball on the show. Wednesday was a great episode of Core 4, you and Nate. Uh, chopping it up, as the young people say. I instantly make that less cool when I say it, but you guys had a good episode of Core 4 talking about uh, all the takeaways that you could kind of get from the scrimmage schedule. Thursday uh, was an episode of GBB Live with Toss Melas, formerly of the Starters. Uh, Now they do the No Dunks podcast or The Athletic. He has a ton of jobs. And uh, and Shane Young, who, for those of you that have listened to this podcast for a long time, uh, he was on the show years ago like back in 2014, 2015, uh, back when he was kind of coming up through b-ball breakdown and hoops habit and that kind of thing. He's now a national writer for Forbes Sports. It was good to catch up with him and talk about the Grizzlies and Taylor Jenkins as coach of the year for the Thursday show. And here on game day, we are doing a shorter version of GBB Live, just one segment to preview the Portland-Memphis showdown. But Again, I'm the site manager. I've kind of had this dream for a while. You've taken on more responsibility with the podcast side of things. The the dream is coming to reality. A day, every day this week, a podcast for grizzlybearblues.com's podcast network. Yeah, it's it's been awesome to see this really come to fruition because we've talked, you and me have talked about it for the past year or so. And Core 4 and GBB Live, they've been consistent for years now and core four is coming up on like two years and gbb live's been around longer than i've listened to podcast so again making you feel over old. six years now yeah, yeah over six years i think uh january 30th 2014 was the first episode of gbb live yeah i, I wasn't even 18 then so you, <laughs> you feel old. but but really the i really want to give a big shout out to uh, the guys over at three and D as Sean really Sean and Justin both did a really good job co-hosting the thing. Once Mark King went over to lot Don Grizzlies and now Justin Lewis literally hitting dinger after dinger with getting big guests on the show. Uh, it goes by the golden mantra. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. And Justin's personified that and made it into a very big deal over on our podcast network. And also the guys over at Starting Five, they're going to bring a very unique flavor to the podcast network. And I was to their show that aired on Monday, and 
can really see the energy and see what they're about. And I'm just thankful that we can actually execute this. And I'm hoping that it can continue more than one week. Right. No, and that's going to be the key. So uh, we've done a very good job at Grizzly Bear Blues, even during the season suspension. Uh, you could come to us and you would, you know, almost daily find at least one article up on the blog. Now with the season starting back up, it's, you know, three or four articles a day. Uh, I think one of these days this week, uh, we had five, even with the breaking news of Tyus Jones uh, getting injured. So, uh, you know, it's something that we want to become dependable on in another way, another facet of Grizzlies coverage. And I think we're, we're on a good pace. I don't know that we'll have a podcast every day. Uh, My schedule made it a little bit easier for me to do two GBB lives this week. But I do think a Monday through Thursday rotation should be possible with starting five on Mondays, three and D on Tuesdays, core four on Wednesdays, and then GBB Live uh, batting cleanup, so to speak, uh, on the Thursday slot. Um, Parker, it's finally here, right? We've we've been talking about quarantines and having swabs shoved up your nose and all these different things that obviously are very prevalent in the upside down world that is 2020 Earth. It's finally here, right? You had the play last night, Pelicans, Jazz, Clippers, Lakers. Now we are finally in the presence of meaningful Grizzlies basketball. They're not as healthy as we would have hoped. Both Justice Winslow and Tyus Jones out for this game against the Portland Trailblazers. Thankfully, Tyus Jones should be back in a week or so, is their estimation. They're going to reevaluate him in a week, see how he feels. It's just knee soreness right now for Tyus. Obviously, Justice is out for the duration of this bubble experiment that the NBA is doing, however long the Grizzlies get to stay. Uh, Obviously Portland is not 100% themselves. They don't have Trevor Ariza, which is going to be a big loss for them on the wing that I'm sure we'll talk about here momentarily. But this is a pretty marquee matchup. If you're paying attention to the race for the eighth seed in the Western conference, Portland needs to win this game. But I also think you could argue that the Grizzlies need to win this game, considering the Pelicans, the Kings, all these teams that are breathing down their necks trying to get to that eight seed. This is a pretty important start to the season for both of these squads. Yeah, for sure. And I really hit on that heavily in my eyes on the bubble two-parter this week on GBB. And this Portland matchup is going to be huge. And it really just comes down to, in my eyes, is can they contain Damian Lillard? He had an eight-game sample size where he averaged 45 points a game on 52% shooting from three, and that wasn't on a low volume either. He shot 13 threes a game. So that's about seven made threes a game. And yes, that is only an eight-game sample size, but guess what? All it's going to be is eight games here, so I'm going to count that. And it's without Tyus Jones, they're going to really have to rely on John Morant to give about 35 to 37 really good minutes against him. And that's not even considering that they're going to have to get middling point guard. I think middling would be the right word here because they're none of the options are going to be on the level of Tyus Jones. With Whether it's D'Anthony Melton or Kyle Anderson, as Coach Jenkins mentioned today, or they want to decide to give Grayson Allen some reps at the point guard. They're, it's just going to come down to, can they contain Damian Lillard? Because... I'm not really inspired otherwise on this team. 
Makes total sense to me. Uh, I do think CJ McCollum maybe deserves a little more of your respect offensively, but when I look at the front court of the Portland Trailblazers and you have, you know, Whiteside and Nurkic and you have obviously Carmelo Anthony on the wing and, you know, they have size, but I think the Grizzlies have talent in the front court to compete there. So even if you say that the Trailblazers and the Grizzlies are a wash in the front court, which might be a fair thing to say, I, I, I would take Jaron Jonas and Brandon Clark uh, over their top three guys, but mm-hmm. I'm also a Grizzlies blogger, so I'm a bit biased. I think you hit the nail on the head with Damian Lillard. And what makes me nervous about John Morant, because you talked about him playing 35 to 37 minutes, and I think that's true. I think he will see a larger role in terms of time actually spent on the floor. Taylor Jenkins said as much on Wednesday in his media availability uh, that I was doing, and I was doing my best to listen. I was on my phone. It was a little bit hard at times, but uh, the the Grizzlies are doing a great job with that, by the way. Shout out to you know Jeff and Ross and all those guys and, and gals who run that, uh, that media department. They're doing a phenomenal job. Uh, with the access that we are able to get almost daily with the Grizzlies. Uh, but in in Jenkins' comments, he alludes to the idea that the way that they've managed Morant up to this point has allowed for them to feel a little bit more comfortable putting more miles on the tire, so to speak, in terms of minutes, because he hasn't really been asked to do a ton, which is one of the most amazing things about the season he's having, Parker. He is putting up l- literally – Numbers that we haven't seen from rookie point guards in 20 plus years, which is extremely impressive. But at the same time, you have a guy who hasn't really had to play. I think he averages 30 minutes a game, Mm -hmm. something along those lines. He might be the only guy on the Grizzlies who averages 30 minutes a game currently. I know Jay Crowder did. I'll look that up here uh, while you're responding. The, The only thing that makes me nervous about Ja is now you're adding the additional time to his already pretty lofty role in terms of usage rate is he going to be able to withstand the wear and tear that's going to come with that because he has Damian Lillard on Friday on Sunday he has you know Duante uh Murray and and the the guys from San Antonio who are not going to be slouches then on Monday second day of a back-to-back he's got you know the Pelicans on national television Lonzo Ball Drew Holiday you know that's three games and four nights off the jump and I know there's not travel and all that but you're going to be asking a lot of your 20-year-old franchise cornerstone point guard right from the start here. Right, yeah, for sure. And to just kind of touch on your point of John Morant doing historic stuff, I did compare his rookie numbers to both Damian Lillard's and Chris Paul's. And those two guys put up better numbers, theoretically, but they also averaged probably about six to seven more minutes than Morant. So Morant's Morant literally in 59 games played has played exactly 30 minutes. And mm-hmm. I was wrong about even Jay Crowder, my favorite Grizzly of all time. Jay Crowder, <laughs> that was sarcasm for those of you that are listening to GB Live for the first time. John Morant's the only player on the Grizzlies, period, who has averaged per game 30 minutes a game. So that's part of Taylor Jenkins' philosophy. And I know you've talked about that over at GBB with your rotations, uh, deep dives. Um but Jaw's not going to play 30 minutes against the Trailblazers. I think he's going to play more, especially with Tyus Jones out. However, on the flip side of that, Jenkins did say that they were not going to make decisions that would impact them long term. Don't expect John Morant to play 42 minutes against anybody. 
the Grizzlies are not necessarily concerned about what result they get in the bubble. They'd love to make the playoffs. They want that postseason experience, but they are far more concerned with the long-term health of this core young group of guys going into whenever next season starts and beyond than they are trying to eke out an extra win in these unlikeliest of circumstances that we find ourselves in. Yeah, for sure. And just about the wear and tear on Jaw's body as you know, Tyus Jones is not playing. I think the biggest key for the Grizzlies in that situation in this three games in four days is they got to take care of San Antonio. And they don't have LaMarcus Aldridge. They're already kind of a mediocre team this year. And, you know, they do have some good defensive stalwarts like DeJounte Murray and Derek White. But that if there's any gimme game in the bubble, it's that one because they're going to be super thin up front because they don't have Aldridge or Trey Lyles. So they just got to find any mismatch they can. I mean, you're, you're going to have a 33-year-old Rudy Gay who is coming off an Achilles injury trying to keep up with Brandon Clark. You got to take advantage of stuff like that. And if you can and jump out to, you know, like a lead that they did against Miami, you can get away with playing John Morant 24 or 25 minutes and resting him for the Pelicans, which is going to be the most important game of the entire eight-game stretch for them. Talking with Parker Fleming, my co-host here on GBB Live. Follow him on Twitter if you don't already do so, at Paca underscore Flocka. A short abbreviated version of the show. No two segments or two guests this time around. We had the longer show on Thursday. Uh, Today is just strictly a preview of what is to come directly in front of the Grizzlies with Portland in particular, but you heard Parker uh, allude to the Spurs and the uh, Pelicans coming up on the horizon. Obviously, the next time you'll hear from the GBB Live podcast, or excuse me, the GBB podcast network, it'll be the starting five on Monday, and I'm sure they'll have breakdowns of the first two games of this seeding stretch. But staying focused on Portland, because the most important game of their season is the next one. And Portland is a team, you know, in my conversations, you know, with, I think it was Toss Malis on Thursday and Shane Young as well. You know, people really see the Portland Trailblazers as a threat in terms of their experience. And, and I have talked about that in the past, the idea of you've seen Portland as this unit, as this group of guys, you've seen them do this before. You've seen Damian Lillard essentially blow up the Oklahoma city thunder. You've seen CJ McCollum go for 50. You know, the trailblazers are capable of making the Western conference finals because they did it last year. So everybody wanting to see that series It makes sense because theoretically speaking, if you look at the Pelicans, the Kings, who everybody continues to forget about, the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers, of those four options, the Trailblazers probably have the best shot to scare the Lakers because of their experience. The other three teams are so young that it's unlikely that they're going to be able to put too much of a scare in in King James and company. However, they obviously have to win to get there. And Portland has a real good shot at that right from the jump, but the Grizzlies, especially after the way they played in that scrimmage against Miami, have to be feeling pretty good about themselves. Who is your X factor for the Portland game, Parker? Who do you look at with the Grizzlies and say, this is a guy that they need some of his very best basketball in order for them to knock off the Trailblazers? I could really be for the brand and say Dylan Brooks, but I'm going to really want to say Dylan Brooks. Hold on. You really want to say Dylan Brooks. No, I really want to say Kyle Anderson. Oh, okay. Because Why? Here's the thing that I don't really buy with Portland. For one, they do have 
Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins coming off pretty significant injuries. And I mean, Nurkic hasn't played meaningful basketball in 18 months. And Zach Collins played all but three games this season. And one thing that's kind of uh, you alluded to, they were a Western Conference Finals team last year. This was also their wing rotation last year. It was Rondi Hood, Mo Harkless, Al Camino, Seth Curry, and Evan Turner. This year, it's a 35-year-old Carmelo Anthony, Mario Hizonia, Gary Trent Jr., and Nasir Little. Like That is why I don't buy into Portland at all. And by the way, before you get excited about Carmelo Anthony, because I'm sure there's people listening to this show saying, well, Carmelo can still score. Yeah, he can. But Carmelo as a four, and I know you're Mr. Positionless Basketball, but Carmelo Anthony as a four scares you a hell of a lot more than Carmelo Anthony as a three. And with Trevor Ariza being out, plus the addition of Collins and Nurkic that you were talking about, Carmelo Anthony is going to play the three. And I don't know about you, whether it's Dylan Brooks, whether it's Kyle Anderson, to be honest, whether it is uh, a DeAnthony Melton in a small ball lineup, there's all sorts of different ways. If Carmelo Anthony is defending anybody on the wing for the Grizzlies, we need to test just how slim and trim Melo is and attack the basket on slashes and cuts as much as possible because you can take advantage of him there. He doesn't have the foot speed that he once did. It's not even necessarily his fault. He might be lighter. He might be in better shape. Father Time is undefeated unless your name's LeBron James. So Mm -hmm. Carmelo is going to really have issues. You could hide him more at the four. He's going to be exposed at the three, and I think that's a glaring weakness for the Trailblazers. Right, and you also do point out how people will say that Carmelo Anthony could score. Well, I guess, I mean, Carmelo Anthony can shoot. He shot one of 15 against Memphis in their lone meeting with them. And Kyle Anderson is one of the league's most underrated defenders. Also, um, Kyle, like Kyle Anderson has one of the best uh, field goal differentials. Um, as he, as I think defenders only shoot like seven percent worse with Kyle Anderson guarding him. So I see Anderson as the X factor in that way. But also, too, it is the first game where we're really going to see Point Kyle, where and that's what people were so high on him coming into the league is that you had this big six nine. Forward that can also handle the ball, facilitate the offense. He played a lot of point guard at UCLA, and now we're getting to see him actually fulfill that role. And if he can facilitate the offense while playing elite defense on, let's be honest, Portland's scrub wing rotation, while also showing that three-point promise that he showed in the scrimmage, I, I think the Grizzlies could come away with a win against Portland. Brandon Abraham a while back, our newest associate editor. He wrote a piece about wondering out loud if the Grizzlies were going to regret re-signing Anthony Tolliver and not using that spot on someone like a third point guard. The Grizzlies don't have a third point guard on the roster. You have multiple facilitators, DeAnthony Melton, Kyle Anderson, you just talked about guys that in a spot, in a pinch, could get the job done. But you don't have a true third point guard. And he wondered out loud in his piece, uh, was that the right call? Anthony Tolliver figures to be in this rotation. I think it's fair to say after watching the scrimmages, if you take Coach Jenkins at his word, when when the Grizzlies line up today against Portland, Anthony Tolliver is going to be in the mix because of the way that the rotations played out. Same thing with Grayson Allen, especially now with Tyus Jones out. Grayson Allen is a lock for the rotation, in my opinion. It's, it's really not a question anymore because you need Grayson's facilitation. He's able to play point guard in a pinch as well. Um, 
So my, my question to you is this, Parker. Do you think sitting there today, you know, Zach Kleiman, uh, that group, that crew, Tayshawn Prince, do you think they're sitting wherever they are as they listen to this or uh, whatever they may be doing, getting ready for the game, wishing that it was, you know, somebody that wasn't Anthony Tolliver sitting there in the bubble, being able to fill that role a little bit more cleanly for the Grizzlies? Or are you confident enough in Grayson Allen, Kyle Anderson, DeAnthony Melton, that in the aggregate, they will be able to give what Tyus, almost what Tyus could give, at least in the short term? Honestly, no. I don't think that they're thinking the whole, well, should it have been Anthony Tolliver? Because they also didn't make this decision thinking that Tyus Jones and Justice Winslow would both be hurt. Right. They thought they'd have justice. Right. And uh, knocking on knocking on wood here, I mean, what if it was Justice Winslow and Brandon Clark? Then you would be wishing, crap, I wish we had Anthony Tolliver to shore up a little bit of those Clark minutes. And also, and you'd be I talking about Kyle that, Anderson being that guy who eats some of those minutes. Kyle Anderson really is positionless. No wonder you love him so much. I do. I really do, especially now that he's shooting three pointers. But um, I don't. I think he'll be fine. I I believe in Melton and Anderson and Grayson Allen, not mainly because of them replicating what Ty has brought, but they can just hold down the fort while John Morant's out of the game. And those stretches of Grizzlies basketball without John Morant are going to be fewer than they were in the regular season because these games matter more. And as you've alluded to, as Coach Shingen's alluded to, they saved up John Morant for these moments. And now that you can play him 35 minutes a night and you can only have to be without him for 13 minutes instead of 20 minutes, that is a huge difference. I mean, we saw the other day what could happen in seven minutes when with that second quarter run so i'm not really concerned about you know this damn they should have just done this because one you can't predict it but two it would have been tough to find minutes for Tyus anyways unless you're going to pair them together so i i don't know i think it'll be fine we're finishing up here on gbb live a, a shorter episode previewing the grizzlies and trailblazers game coming up on friday uh, which is today of course make sure you're following gbb live on twitter at gbb live make sure you're following parker on twitter at paca underscore flaca i am at at joe mullinax and of course you can follow the blog that we're both very fortunate enough to be a part of uh some of us longer than others cough me uh you know eight years now i've realized um at SBN Grizzlies. I'll get you out of here on this, Parker. As we uh, record this episode, the current betting lines, and of course this is uh, before if there's any additional injury news and that sort of thing. Uh, Portland, as of now, as we record, is a negative two. Okay, or excuse me, Portland uh, negative two uh, in terms of betting lines. So Portland minus two is the betting line consensus-wise going into Friday's game. So that essentially means that Portland is the favorite. How do you see that playing out? Do you see the Grizzlies running away from Portland? Is this going to be uh, a white knuckle affair down to the end where we're at the edge of our seats? Uh, is this a game that somebody could pull away? Could the Grizzlies do to the trailblazers what they did to the heat? Uh, what do you perceive? You don't have to give an exact prediction if you don't want, but how do you see this playing out for the Grizzlies, given all that we took in from the scrimmages and all of those things? I'm going to see it 
as one of those games the Grizzlies can run away with. And if Portland does win, I see it more being one of those white knuckle down to the wire kind of games. But this is a good matchup for the Grizzlies, just in the fact that the wing core it's kind of weak for Portland. I've I I don't even have to go through it time and time again. It it's of any of the Western Conference teams, it's probably the weakest. And we talked about how they're heavy up front with Whiteside, Nurkic, and Collins. I see it this way. Jaron's better than Whiteside. Jonas and Nurkic are about equal. A healthy Nurkic, they're about equal. And then Brandon Clark's better than Zach Collins. I see it that way. And if you could potentially get Nurkic, see what he can do in the pick and roll after not playing in 18 months, or you can try to do the same to Zach Collins and get that pick and roll going with Melton and Brandon Clark. I like the Grizzlies' chances, and frank, frankly, I don't know why there's this hype behind Portland, aside from the fact that they have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. They're always going to, in terms of the action, they're always going to put more money on New Orleans or Portland because they have bigger stars. They have Zion. They have Dame. They have names that a casual fan will recognize more readily than they will a Memphis Grizzlies name. That might change, and I think you can make an argument that John Morant is in a place where he now has more name recognition than maybe Mike Conley, Marcus Gasol, Zach Randolph. That, to me, is debatable, and I do think you see social media presence and all those things that would maybe support that argument. But when it comes to money being put on the line, the casual fan's going to bet on Dame because they remember the highlight of him, like I said, ending Paul George, essentially, in Oklahoma City last year. They obviously have heard of Zion because he's this national media monster, to an extent rightfully so, the way that he played in just a small sample size of 19 games. Uh, I do think that's part of it. And, and part of the reason they set up lines the way they do is to encourage action. I'm with you in that I think Memphis can run away from it. The reason I I don't think they will, it's much more likely that it's a, a white knuckle affair down to the end, is the the Tyus Jones injury. He was a major piece of what made that second unit so unique. And even with their depth, because I think they have enough bodies to throw at the problem to try to negate its impact some, I don't think that it'd be fair to Tyus to say that they're just going to pick up where they left off in that second unit and they're going to have tremendous success. He was the general of that group and still is. It's not like he's gone for the season. They hope to have him back in a week or so. Uh, but in the, obviously it really hurts in these three most important games to start out the, the season resumption to not have Tyus Jones is really going to sting because now you're, you're again, you're having D'Anthony Milton, who's not a point guard. He shouldn't do that if he, unless he has to, well, now he has to Kyle Anderson's that point forward. Grayson Allen isn't a true point guard, but he's going to have to eat some minutes there more than likely. You, you really do have guys being shifted around more than you'd like at this stage of the game. So I think it's going to be close. I think that it's going to be the Grizzlies by a couple it's going to be a good way to to shock our system a little bit and wake us up to get back into meaningful basketball. But one of the things that I'm most excited about with this, Parker, this restart, and obviously, again, I say that I'm excited. I don't need people tweeting at me or messaging me and saying, there's a pandemic going on. How could you be excited? I, don't guilt me, okay? I understand that there's a bunch of problems going on in the world. I get it. And it's awful and it's terrible. 
I'm covering the Memphis Grizzlies because I get paid to do it and I enjoy doing it and I'm excited they're playing. Okay. So for, for just relax a little bit, I understand the world's in a tough spot. Um, what, what I am most excited about is every game is going to matter here, Parker, that there mm-hmm. is no random Tuesday night against the trailblazers that you, Oh God, I have the game recap. That sucks. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that doesn't exist here. Every single minute, every single possession, it's going to be almost like if the NBA became college football and every game matters and you really have to focus in and, and be on your P's and Q's. Obviously what makes basketball unique to football is they're going to, like I said, the Grizzlies start off with three games in four days and all of these games, all of these minutes, all of these shots, possessions, any way you want to break down the game of basketball, it all matters. And that is not something that outside of playoffs you've really seen from the NBA. So coupling in the unique atmosphere, all the things that are really going into the bubble and making it a success so far, I am most excited that every single seeding game, even for the Wizards and the Suns, matters. Yeah, I really couldn't put it better myself. And I'm just really excited to have basketball back. We, uh, we've talked about a lot of hypotheticals over the past four months, and now we can actually talk about stuff that's happening. So that's always pretty cool. It makes blogging and podcasting a hell of a lot easier. I can tell you that right now. Uh, Parker, thank you so much, buddy. As always, it's fun chatting with you. And, of course, I'll uh, more than likely talk to you next week. Sounds good, Joe. Thanks for having me on. For Parker Fleming... I am Joe Molinax. Enjoy the games, ladies and gentlemen. Sit down. Try to find some joy in what's happening. I'm not telling you how to feel. I'm just telling you that it's okay to be able to sit down and turn off your brain and and everything that's going on in the outside world and be entertained. It's okay to do that, all right? Uh, You don't need me to tell you how to feel. I get that, but I'm telling you how I'm going to feel. Okay, it's going to be wonderful to have Memphis Grizzlies basketball, meaningful Memphis Grizzlies basketball back on my television. And hopefully you feel the same. So for Parker, I'm Joe. Make sure you're making GBB part of your Grizzlies restart experience over at grizzlybearblues.com. Subscribe, rate, review to our podcast network. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart. Anywhere you can get a podcast, you can get 3 and D, starting five, the core four And uh, this program, of course, GBB Live. Thank you so much wherever you're listening, however you're taking it in. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Grind forth, Grizz Nation. This is Grizzly Bear Blues Live.